0: This is Minnesota Native News Community Health Conversations with hosts Leah Lem and Dr. Anthony Stately. Community Health Conversations is supported by the Minnesota Department of Health.
1: Anin, hello, I'm Leah Lem.
0: And I'm Anthony Stately. We're back with more conversations, more explorations about how healthcare in in Indian country is responding and adapting beyond the COVID-19 pandemic. Miigwetch and thank you for joining us.
1: Bonjour, Dr. Anthony Stately.
0: Hi, Leah. How are you doing? How are you doing today? I'm doing well. <laughs> I love this weather. It's changing. I'm so excited about fall. It's my favorite time of year.
1: <laughs> I feel alive. Right? Just that like, the air is, crisp yeah. air. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: God. I love that. It's just like everything about fall is like so life giving to me, which is ironic because it's like life is cycling down for mm-hmm. the plants and stuff. Right. But
1: well, there is that balance. There is that balance with mm-hmm. fall for me, because as much as I love the changing of the leaves, you know, the the hay bales and the the yep. corn mazes. Oh, boy. My allergies just <laughs> go through the roof.
0: Like if we could just live in spring and fall all year round, I would be really happy because <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it too cold and I don't like it too hot.
1: Yeah. Where's that spot where it's just uh, those transition seasons?
0: Probably on one of the polls, I bet, with global warming.
1: I've heard a lot of conversations about climate anxiety. Yeah, Do you it's a thing. get any of that in your line of work or in your household at all?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think my own like within my family and my extended family, of course, there's, you know, as Indigenous people, we are really anxious about like, you know, the impact of the climate and the change in the climate and the impact of things like, you know, the drought, like Minnesota's in a drought again, right? We did a really great job of kind of pulling out of that last spring, I think, with all the torrential rain we got. Mm-hmm. But here we are again. And like, conversations in my family and the community and healthcare, we have these conversations about like, oh, okay, well, what's that going to do for our ability to do like um, forage for food? And, Mm -hmm. you know, what's that going to do for like hunting and gathering wild rice and the things that we as indigenous people um, both love and rely on for sustenance. And that's a real thing. That's anxiety producing, I
1: think. Mm -hmm. Yep. I know in my household's, Marvin, my 10 year old is, you know, every once in a while, he'll get really nervous, you know, with anxiety mm-hmm. and um, about climate change. And, you know, I I try not to downplay it or anything like that, but try to approach it with like, um, what can you do or, yeah. you know, just a little like, so you feel at least tiny bit of control over your own actions yeah. and yeah um yeah so i told him get it get your education you know do your best in school so you can um you know and learn your culture so you can do you know, ma- yeah. you know make a difference in that way
0: I think that's a better strategy than doing things like, I like, see a lot of people do things, like you know, they stock their basements and their garages with like, you know, those food kits that like are designed to like feed you for the next 25 years and live oh. underground. Mm-hmm. This is like, that's to me, doesn't seem like a really healthy response, but I think a response where we're encouraging ourselves and our young ones to do things like, you know, prepare, prepare yourself. These are actually indigenous ways. We've always mm-hmm. thought like, 15, 20, 30 years ahead. Like what are, what's the decisions we're making today? Like how does it impact things two and three and four generations out? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we can change that if we develop um, the capacity to do that with our young people with intention.
1: Yeah. Well, we're going to be hearing a conversation from a young person in our community this week and so I'm really excited for that. We're sharing a conversation with Ruben Quito Stately. And how are you related?
0: Ruben is my nephew. He's my brother's <laughs> son. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, he calls Ruben... me
0: uncle dad actually. He <laughs> calls me yeah. yeah. I have the I have the prestige and the honor of being called uncle dad by this by this young man and it's we just have a really special relationship. He's like kind of like my first son actually.
1: So. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, Ruben is from the Santee Sioux Nation and is a citizen of the Red Lake Nation and is very passionate about the Dakota language. He's a recording artist, musician, and has a degree in American Indian Studies from Augsburg University. So really impressive. And uh, we're going to hear that conversation about creativity during stress like the pandemic we just experienced. But first, let's catch up a bit on where we are health-wise in Indian country yeah. in Minnesota.
0: Yeah. So where we are health-wise in Indian country is that COVID cases are on the rise and here we are. What is this now? Our, we're going into our fourth solid year of living with a pandemic. The virus keeps mutating and adapting and we got new variants all of the time And here we are still, Native Americans have the highest increase in COVID rates. Um, I think also with hospitalizations and the data I looked at a week ago was we still have one of the highest impacted groups with COVID-related deaths, Um, which if I had to sort of just say that you know, the nature of COVID is that if you already have some other pre-existing condition, you have poor immunity, you are on things like cancer-related treatments that sort of zap your immunity, um, you have lung-related disorders like asthma or COPD or those kinds of things, you are more likely to get... Serious um, health con- related issues c- to COVID that become amplified once you get COVID, and you're more likely to be hospitalized um, because of the severe conditions. And, you know, we do have health inequities, mm-hmm. <laughs> less access to resources, and things like that for people of color and Native people. That's certainly true for us.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about some of those resources. Uh, MDH is offering free at-home rapid COVID tests. The program Say Yes to COVID Tests is online at sayyeshometest.org. And every household can place a new order every month until the program ends. Again, sayyeshometest.org. And really, testing is just a simple way to know if you have COVID or not. So you can take precautions Uh, So you don't spread it to your relatives, to friends and family or your community.
0: Yeah. And your health insurance uh, needs to be renewed periodically, especially um, if you are in medical assistance or you get your health insurance through the open market through Minnesota Care. So avoid losing those benefits by preparing for your renewal. And um, those renewals come usually in the mail that has a big blue dot. And we're telling everybody, like, look for the big blue dot. And Mm -hmm. they'll say, you know, important, you know, um, um, and it's one of the ways that the state of Minnesota is trying to draw your attention so that you don't accidentally throw it away and thinking it's like, you know, what do you call it, junk mail. But one in four Minnesotans will need to renew their healthcare coverage soon. And so learn what it means for you or someone you know by um, looking for the information, look online. There's lots of information online at the Minnesota Department of Health website and DHS websites, encouraging folks to um, to uh, uh, stay on top of their uh, coverage. To learn more, go to Renew My Coverage on the Minnesota Department of Human Services website at mn.gov and search for Renew My Coverage.
1: And another way we can help keep our communities safe is by checking out the latest approved RSV vaccine. The CDC is recommending adults with underlying conditions and those over 60, so our elders, and our young ones, our toddlers, to receive the recently approved RSV vaccine. RSV is a respiratory virus that causes cold-like symptoms, and most people recover in a week or two, but It can be serious, especially for infants and older adults.
0: Yes, an updated COVID vaccine has become available as of a couple of weeks ago. The vaccine is recommended for individuals five and older. There are also options for children between the ages of six and five years old. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things I really want to advocate is lots of people think, oh, I just have um, uh, sinus infection or I just have you know, allergies, and, or I just have a, your everyday garden variety um, cold. So utilizing these resources to test yourself and mm-hmm. just like figure out whether or not you actually have the COVID vaccine, I mean, the COVID virus, and then mm-hmm. you know, preemptively getting the vaccine is really important at this point because it is, it is actually this particular bi- variant is very virulent. It, it transmits between people very easily. Um, I know four or five people at the last powwow that went um, at Mankato, my own relatives that got sick at that powwow just from being in space with folks
1: outside, so. too.
0: Yeah, outside. Yeah.
1: Wow. Um, and then if you do get. If you do get COVID 19 and have symptoms, Minnesota residents who have symptoms of COVID 19 or have tested positive or been exposed to someone with COVID 19 are eligible to receive treatment at no cost. The Minnesota Department of Health, in partnership with Q Health, run the Test to Treat program, which provides access to care and COVID 19 medication. Health insurance is not required to receive treatment. And to receive your treatment, call 1-844-609-2415 to speak with a health care provider. That information is linked on our episode page at minnesotanativenews.org.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of resources and a lot of information. Um, all of that will be linked on our page. I'm going to encourage people to go and check it out and read it.
1: Absolutely. So Dr. Stately, as the chief executive officer for the Native American Community Clinic, What are you thinking about these days? What's rising to the top as um, a topic that is really sticking out to you um, in your line of work?
0: I think some things that we're really concerned about is, of course, you know, the seasons are changing. Kids are back in school. What are we like are in our third or fourth or fifth week of school? I don't even know anymore. But one of the things we are seeing writ large, I'm even seeing it in my own family. My kids have been sick for the last week and a half, right? They didn't test mm-hmm. positive for COVID, but, you know, I, we got, I got, I got kids that are coughing and hacking and wheezing and, you know, um, who, you know, seem like they're just carrying regular cold viruses, but, um, and miraculously I have not gotten sick. I don't know how that ha- has happened um, other than I'm trying really hard to stay distant from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is probably something that we see every single fall when people go back to school, the kids go back to school, you know, you got like little Petri dishes happening there in those classrooms. <laughs> and if your kid is anything like my kid, they're telling me when they come home, like, you know, all oh, the kids are coughing. All oh, the kids mm-hmm. are hacking and they don't cover their mouths and they don't wear masks. And mm-hmm. so one of the things I try to tell them is like, well, you know, you can take more agency here. You can do things like ask to be moved from the classroom. That seems like a reasonable public health accommodation schools gonna make. Wear a mask yourself and i and I get the whole conversation, especially with my kids or teenagers. They don't want to like stigmatize themselves by wearing a mask, so I have to talk with them about that. This is one way that you can prevent yourself from actually getting sick. If people around you won't wear masks, you can at least wear one, yep. and that might have some significant impact on your acquiring something. Um, And if you feel uncomfortable in your classroom, I've told my kids to go talk to the nurse and tell them that you don't want to be in the class. I'll go study in the library or something. Mm
1: -hmm. Yep. Uh, Well, Marvin was sick for a few days. He was actually home from school. And Mm. he wore a mask at home to protect me from Getting his sweet of him. It was his idea. I didn't suggest it because it's his home. I want him to feel comfortable. But he suggested it and it was so adorable. And then when he did go back to school, he wore a mask, you know, another day um, in class. And I thought that was really, I don't know, just thoughtful. So really having that care for others, I think maybe more of our young ones have that on, on the top of their minds.
0: Yeah. I would like to think that like my sons think about that, but you know, something happens when you become a teenager where the world sort of like um I don't know, turn turns on its head almost where it's okay.
1: like <laughs> I'll wait for that. <laughs> yeah, just
0: be prepared. Just be prepared.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, <'Cause>, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a thing.
1: <laughs> Great. So as we like to talk about being a good relative, keeping others in mind, you know, making sure you test for COVID, wear a mask if you need to, make sure you get your vaccine to protect yourselves and others, um, and really just having that idea that we're all related, we're always in contact with one another, whether we know it or not in some way. So really, mm-hmm. again, being a good relative to one another is, is what it boils down to.
0: Yeah. And I think reminding, like, I I mean, I don't think there's, it's lovely that Marvin didn't have to be reminded by you. That's such an awesome thing, I think. But I think it is also a good thing to just, remind each other. Actually my son brought it up to me the other day. He's like, "Dad, like, you know, everybody's sick at school. Are are you okay?" And like, you know, so he does have a little bit of compassion and empathy at times. Not completely devoid of it as a teenager. Yeah. And we had a brief conversation about it. And so I think having that's the, the other thing I would encourage is in families and in our communities, have conversations about these things. Like talk talk to one another. Ask people, "Are you okay?" How are you doing? Do you need something? That's mm-hmm. another way of showing up and being a good relative.
1: Mm. I like that. Well, thank you, Dr. Stately. And next, we're going to hear your conversation about creativity during times of stress, like the pandemic, with your nephew, Ruben Keto Stately. And again, Ruben is from the Santee Sioux Nation and is a citizen of the Red Lake Nation. He's a recording artist, musician, and has a degree in American Indian Studies from Augsburg University and is a Dakota language speaker is learning and um, doing really great work there. You're listening to Minnesota Native News Community Health Conversations. This program is supported by the Minnesota Department of Health. Find information about COVID vaccines and boosters online at mn.gov slash COVID-19.
2: Dear my future son always follow your heart I'm going to raise you to be booked and street smart. I said, dear, my future son, always follow your dreams. Just the fact that you believe can help you achieve.
0: That was my favorite song from my nephew, recording artist Keto or Ruben, Dear My Future Son. So we're talking today about emerging from the pandemic, where we're at today, what we're doing now with our lives. And this episode is focused on talking to people who work in creative space, who are artists, artists of all kinds. Um, and Ruben, we really appreciate you being on to talk with us about your experience of living through those three years and, you know, what you're doing with your life now and how that impacted you. So.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Our first question really is like, what impact did the pandemic have on your academic life? And cause I think it hit when you were probably in your first or second year of college, correct?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I graduated in 2018 from high school and I went to Augsburg and I love going to Augsburg because it gave me an option to get educated and get my bachelor's. And I never had to leave my people. I never had to leave my community. Every day I'd walk to the Indian center. The first few mm-hmm. weeks of college, I was at the Indian center every day. So I'd walk down uh, Cedar to Franklin and go talk to my dad. And then I'd eat lunch at the gatherings cafe. I would study a lot at the gatherings cafe too. And uh, having access to my people in my community at college was like a really big deal to me. It was my third semester in college when we went on winter break and they were talking about this global pandemic and i honestly didn't know what to think and no one really knew what to mm-hmm. think but my uh astronomy teacher she was like yeah it's going to come here and we're probably not going to be back next semester and we all thought she was crazy for saying that and this was before anything happened <laughs> and so i actually got on a plane a few days later mm-hmm. and then when I landed from that plane in Florida, there was uh, no toilet paper. It was like a weird thing. So, so any, oh. anyway, so that weird yeah. experience Gosh. of seeing the pandemic uh, start and happen was really odd to me, but immediately school got flipped on its head. Cause we went back to school, but what, what they did is they, they took two weeks off or gave us an extra week on our break and they were trying to figure out what they were going to do as a school And so they decided to put everything online. So this is uh, something where everyone all of a sudden has to become an online learner. And that was a struggle for me because I didn't sign up for going to college online. I signed up to go to college and experience it and see my people and all this stuff. So my first three semesters of college were super awesome. And I had the most fun and um, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so like all these aspects of college that make college great is when you see your friends or you go to the common area and there's all your your homies there or you go to eat at lunch together. It's like the weird things that help. It's the really simple things that make college livable and those things got stripped away during the mm-hmm. pandemic. So I had all of the hardships of college, mm-hmm. but none of the good parts.
0: Think people, people, you get launched to college And then you're expected to just know how life works. Yeah. Walk out the door and get there. And that's, yeah, that could be really challenging. What impact did it have on your ability to write music and create music, which is a big part of your life, has been such a big part of your life? I mean, I've seen him grow into this amazing artist and amazing young man. So just know that. But what impact did it have on your ability to create? Because I know that music is such a big part of your life.
2: You know, uh, there's a lot of layers of art. my specific experience because Augsburg is on the South side and there's a pandemic and all these things. And then there was the George Floyd riots after Minneapolis police murdered George Floyd. So the, after the riots, mm-hmm. those grocery stores I relied on, Target and Cub, they got like looted and burnt down. And since then they've been rebuilt. But it's like a multitude of, it's like all these layers of things that made it hard on my artistic expression part of life, I didn't get to go do things anymore. And so my experiences that I would draw from like going and seeing my friends or going to a powwow or getting to be a member of my people and just be somewhere. A lot of those things, those are the most fun parts of doing the art. And so when I couldn't do that anymore, I was really upset. And so I got really introspective with my music. So some music was getting written, but I couldn't access a studio safely and all of those things and then performing was impossible i performed online a few times i performed anywhere online people asked me to but that in itself was a hardship there's so much that gets lost in talking on the computer there's no body language and there's you know there's so much communication loss so i have no idea what people think and i and and they there's no uh really rich real interaction so that was a real hardship for me as an artist to try to adapt during that time.
0: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Cause so much of your art is about like getting real time sort of reactions and energy back from, from an audience when you're sort of yeah. doing the thing that you do. Right. And I would imagine that. Reading so the room. Of, yeah, is yeah, like reading, everything.
2: Yeah, actually. You can't, yeah, you so can't so read so. nothing about the zoom call. Like, You don't know anything about what anyone's feeling or thinking.
0: That's true. That's very true. Did it impact your ability to sort of like write and write songs and write lyrics, like express what was going on internally for you or around you?
2: Yeah, for me, for me, it was there's other people I know that they like flourished through their art because they were alone. And I get that. But they might draw from something different. They might draw from something within, but sometimes I draw a lot from what's um, outside. I draw a lot from my external environment. And so when I was not experiencing anything new, every day was like the same. I kept joking around and saying how my college experience that whole semester, first starting on Zoom, I was so upset because it just felt like it was the longest day I ever lived, where I woke up, got on Zoom, Eight got back on Zoom, went to sleep, did homework, and then woke up the next day and I went back on Zoom at 8 a.m. It was like, for me, I was like, this is like a long ongoing joke of like one long day. So for me, it was like, I couldn't draw anything new. It felt like everything was uh, the same experience over and over. I got really bad cabin fever too. Uh, people weren't really congregating anywhere. So it was kind of an interesting feeling and experience for me. But yeah, I I had a hard time writing and I had a hard time drawing from uh, not having any new experiences.
0: So I'm wondering, curious now, we're like, you know, we're in a different place than we were in 2019, 2020, even 2021. You know, the vaccines came out, people started like, you know, ripping off their masks and, you know, being out in social spaces, going back to powwows and doing the thing, right? And, um, and so life was probably a little bit different. And what, were the, what was that experience like for you? And what what experience did you take from that, that sort of like um, that big change that you're sort of kind of moving forward with now in your life? How has that changed you, that experience? What's, what's it look like now for you?
2: I feel like we keep saying like post-pandemic, but we're, we're, yeah. we're unsure. Is, yeah. it, is it over? Sure. We don't know. And so that's one of those things where I don't want to get, I felt like I was really worried about jumping the gun and that we were going to just Mm -hmm. keep getting sick or it was going to get worse and worse. And then we'd shut down again. But, um, I truly do think, you know, I think that among Indian people too, they're very distrustful of the vaccines and that's, there is a great rationale to be, to have that disdain and distrust for like modern medicine and stuff like that just the history that our people have. But, um, for my, my personal experience, you know, the men that I was talking to, one of these old men, he said, you know, when our people were dying uh, from those other epidemics back in the day, hundreds of years ago, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, smallpox, he said, he said, he said if, if somebody came to you, even if it was Western medicine, and they said that they could give you an ailment or, or a vaccine, and they and, and, it, and it would help you, you or your people, or it had a chance to help you and your people, then would you take it? And so the whole point they were trying to make was, I don't know if it works or not. This old man, he was just saying, I don't know if it works or not, but I'm, I'd rather be able to say that I have done something. I have done something because I believed it would help. So I got the vaccine pretty early. So did my mom and my sister. And then uh, I got boosted twice since then. And so Mm -hmm. I I feel like I've gotten, you know, taken care of and I've done my part uh, to try to protect myself and my relatives.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for spending your day with us today. I really appreciate it. Um, I think you're an amazing role model for our young people. We'll end with the song Humble, a song that you recorded during the pandemic, correct?
2: Yeah, that song was made by me and my friend who were both holed up in the house and i was making that song and it was just kind of a song about growing pains that was like an interesting time of my life and whatever but that song was written during some serious cabin fever and i was just excited wanting to experience something new so anyway that's the song and that's where it came from in my headspace we have a problem i've been living for the moment nothing more nothing less i'ma live for my word i am
1: Thank you, Dr. Stately, for sharing your conversation with Ruben Keto stately um, Very fun. Very fun to hear from him.
0: Yeah, you bet. I enjoy my conversations with him on and off the radio. Thank you for listening today. Chi-miigwech. I'm Anthony Stately.
1: And I'm Leah Lem. Giga And we wish you health. Minnesota Native News Community Health Conversations is supported by the Minnesota
0: Department of Health. Find information about COVID vaccines and boosters online at mn.gov COVID-19. Find more of our conversations at minnesotanativenews.org slash community conversations.